Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Care Partners Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Phelps, along with Dementia Care Expert, Tifa Snow. And Tifa, if you spend a couple minutes on the internet, which of course you never have time to do, uh, you can find the videos of persons living with dementia with a particular piece of music that makes them sway to the music, brings back a flood of memories. Uh, despite not remembering family members, they start playing the notes and singing along. This phenomenon leaves people puzzled about the neurological disorder that is dementia. Wait, you can tell some scientists wrote this. Uh, how can someone forget their own children's names but remember something as complex as a classical piece of music? Well, see, this is where it really helps to understand how brains work. And apparently, even though um, these folks do, they they purport that it, they don't get it. And it's like, well, you know, the, the thing is that those are different skill sets, remarkably different skill sets. I have seen a family member over the course of their life, let's say, like my my child. I saw my child when they were newborn, when they were three, when they were five, when they were 10, when they were 20, 50, and now they're 65. If I have lost some synapses that connect the picture of the 65-year-old with the name and with my child, and I actually have lost my synapses that tell me I'm 80 plus, then I know I know you, but where from? I mean, my brain, my brain is playing games with me about, huh, well, I sort of recognize you. Uh, oh, yeah, we went to school together. Because I'm trying to come up with where would an older person like you, where would I know them from? Um, you're about my age. And it's like, but maybe I'm not. Whereas music is built into a rhythm pattern. And Greg, I recently was doing a program and I said, so what are important rhythm patterns in human beings' lives? Tell me some patterns of rhythm that are really important to well-being in life. What uh, can you breathing, breathing is a really good rhythm to have. It's a really good when there's a couple of others also. Heartbeat would kind of be one of those important Heartbeat, rhythms. When you lose those two rhythms, you're gone. Yeah, you ain't got rhythm no more. So. Yeah, rhythm. How about the day-night rhythm? Day-night I mean, rhythm, yeah. Yeah, rhythm. yeah. And then it's the rhythm of conversation that we all have. We have the back and forth of conversation. And this music phenomena often is overlearned. So it's not a one and done. When I learn this piece, whether I played it or whether I listened to it or whether it was part of a, an emotional experience for me, I cemented it in because there was this value attached to it. That was an emotional value, and it was a rhythm. And it turns out the rhythm sections, and the, whether they're cerebellar or whether they're in the hippocampal or some combination, or even amygdala-driven, you know, primitive brain-driven, because they give me pleasure, joy, satisfaction, sadness. It allows me to emote in a way. You know, that kind of stuff has power. Um, and it's not that my kids aren't powerful. It's just, it's I can't put the puzzle together the way I used to. Because there's a logic puzzle for faces and names. And music is very different. And I'm not sure that we, did we ask him to name the piece, the composer and the movement? Or did we just notice 
their body moved to the rhythm, their mouths moved to the rhythm, that they tapped to the rhythm, that they, you know, that they hummed to the rhythm, because those are engaging with the experience. And I actually was trying to do that when I couldn't figure out who you were exactly, but I wanted to engage. So we, we sometimes assume that people are forgetful and, and maybe mm. don't understand why. Because the music thing, like I, how many times have I sung along with that song? Mm -hmm. Singing along with a lot of the songs that I like for probably 60 years. Mm -hmm. I don't admit that, but you know, so it's all true. It's pretty well somewhere in my brain. Whereas if I met somebody yesterday and then I meet them again the next day and they're going to examine me for something, I'm not going to remember them. I don't remember their name and I may not and it's like where did I run across her I know I saw her somewhere because over the course of our lifetime how many individuals have we run across we've had interactions with what did they have on at the time what was going on around them and they were a part in the big puzzle but this music is this underlying rhythm phenomena and so you know for many of us who were raised um in such a way old McDonald. If I start singing along with Old MacDonald, all of a sudden we're thinking of animals. And when we think of animals, we think of what are the sounds the animal makes? Or if I'm like, and you're waiting for that. Is it sort of like the Jack in the Box thing? And it's like, boom. And I can remember the number of startled crying children. But once you hear that thing, it's just like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. And that idea of pop and where it came from originally, which you have to do living history to know where it came from. Whoever thought that was a great toy? I mean, really, Jack in the Box. Whoever thought that was a... <laughs> it's a, it's a... It's like a scream evoker. It's, it's like, oh my gosh, you scared the kid to death. But it formed that indelible. And so now, as soon as I start that, a lot of people out there I know are going, uh-oh, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> So, in sitting through uh, one or two of your classes and talks and things like that, I, I may have heard you say something about, what is it, language on the left and rhythm on the right. Now, have you taken a brain apart to see if that's actually where these compartments are? What are we talking about? I have not done that, but the people have done that, and they've checked the wiring, they've looked at the connections, they've looked at the areas of the brain. So what we know is for 90, about 98% of all humans, there are a few exceptions, but for 98% of us, Formal language capacity, which is vocabulary comprehension, and then actual speech production, is housed in the left temporal lobe, where in the right, we have more rhythm-related kinds of things, things like, but we also have forbidden words and social chit-chat phrases, turn-taking and arguing, rhythm of speech, including the rhythm of a question, or changes in frequency, intensity, or volume. And then we also have music, poetry, prayer, counting, um, then automatic rhythmic movement patterns that go with a rhythm of a, a voice. So if I were to say, shave and a haircut. Two bits. I knew you were going to do it. Um, or, you know, um, <laughs> so, uh, there was an old woman who lived in a a uh, shoe, yeah. So you, yeah. yeah, so those kind of things. If I set you up, you can give me the next piece, and that's because when you learn the rhythm, it it that rhythm is super powerful, and then the sounds that we produce one after the other. That's actually interestingly enough handled by your cerebellum. 
vellum, which is something newer that we are discovering and understanding. And so it's like, what's sustained? Well, it turns out that the right side of your brain tends to be better preserved than the left when it comes to language-related stuff. And if that's the case, then when if I introduce you to music and it's familiar music or enjoyable music, you're much more likely to alert and engage and actually respond than if I'm doing blah, 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 blah. It's harder for you to get your brain to do much when it's already having trouble with connections. Oh, if I'm doing some care with a, a senior person living with dementia, mm -hmm. should I consider putting music on in the background? And if so, should I maybe find something that's actually age appropriate? Because putting on Led mm. Zeppelin for granny might not be the thing. Might not be. But I've got a feeling putting on, you know, classical music for some younger people might not be. Because we do want to match it to the person and maybe their life story or their history. So, you know, for some of us, if I if I if I my goal was to get you up and moving. I will try, come on along, come on along and listen to bang. Come on in here. Because I know that for a lot of people, Alexander's ragtime band, big band kind of stuff might be a stimulant. I also want to know what might be calming. But I've got to know my person, the age cohort, the kind of music or the kind of rhythm that might be more of a settle down rhythm or a get energized up rhythm. And I want to use it wisely, not as sort of babysitting. If somebody wants more information on the possible use of music, uh, I, I was going to say as therapy, but it's not really therapy. It, it's an exploration life tool. Yeah, it's life support, Greg. I think it's life support and engagement support. Um, we have webinars, we've recorded webinars, but we also have um, some products out there. We have CDs with a DVD explanation. We have um, a variety. There are, there's friends of ours that do things. So we have some folks who are really skilled with music and might be able to give you some hints and tips. Um, and we also know that we build, I mean, part of my practice is music twice a day. Just sort of like if you want to do a prescription, let's do music at least twice a day instead of pills. Deepa, if people want more information, can they talk to somebody at your organization? For sure. We could do it online. We could do it, you know, via email. We can do it via phone. We have a lot of ways. WhatsApp. I mean, we have all kinds of connections these days. We also have the ability to ask questions in LinkedIn, on Facebook. Um, we believe that getting connected is probably one of the most important things we can do and learning about the human being that we're talking to and finding out what would work possibly for them, what has worked in the past and what has not. But don't give up on the possibilities. Deepa, thank you very much. Thank you, Greg. You've been listening to the Dementia Care Partners podcast brought to you by Positive Approach to Care. For more information, visit keepusknow.com. If you're signed into your Spotify account, we'd love to get your feedback. How? Click into the episode details and look over the episode question and poll. Send us your comments and vote so we can answer your questions and better tailor this content to your needs. We look forward to hearing from you.